Comments, views, and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the host, guest, and its callers. You have just stepped into a crust-free zone with Dr. Pat Basile. What is crust? Well, crust is that stuff that stands between you and what you want out of life. Crust is what keeps you stuck. Crust is anything you think, feel, or believe that prevents you from living your deepest heart's desire. So get ready to do some serious crust-busting with Dr. Pat Basile and break through those layers of crusty conditioning to reveal the unlimited possibilities available to you to live your life full out dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail welcome crustbusters yes you have just stepped into a crust free zone with me dr pat basili i am thrilled to be part of a powerful lineup on voice america my program crust busting your way to an awesome life features stories of people who are busting through the crust to live their lives full out Right about now, you're probably asking, what the heck is crust? Well, crust is anything, anything, I mean, that stuff that stands between you and what you want out of life. Crust is what keeps us stuck. It's anything you think, feel, or believe that prevents you from living full out. As a matter of fact, crust is what keeps you from claiming your power voice, but not after today's show. Not after today's show at all, because we're excited to have the electric Linda Shields with us today. As a nationally recognized voice coach, speech pathologist, and president of Speaking with Authority, Linda is considered one of the National Speakers Association's best presenters and vocal coaches. Her client list reads like a who's who of the entertainment, media, and professional presenter, presenters world. Her prestigious client list includes ABC Broadcasting Company, CNN, Nortel, Sprint, the government, and after today's show, Pat Basile. Linda's award-winning book, The Voice That Means Business, How to Speak with Authority, Confidence, and Credibility Anytime, Anywhere, shares tips on how to develop the voice that means business, makes business, and keeps business in order to remain competitive in today's highly specialized marketplace. You know, there's no other book of its kind that captures the extraordinary connection between the visual you, the vocal you, and the verbal you. This book is loaded with exercises, but you know what? Let's, bring, let's welcome Linda to the show right now so we can hear firsthand about some of these tips and exercises. Good morning, Linda. Welcome. Good morning, Pat. How are you today? Oh, you know, I couldn't be better. Having you on the show and being able to get some tips today... Life is good, isn't it? Life is good, and we're going to cross-bus our way through any notion that you are stopped from doing anything because of your voice. Oh, that's wonderful. You bet. You know, Linda, let me ask you this question. Um, on our show, we talk about how people are busting through crust to live life full out. I'm so interested, and you mentioned this in your book, I'm so interested in your personal journey. Yes. Of what led you to become a voice expert? Would you share a little bit of that? Well, if anybody was busting crusts, it was me. <laughs> if you if you look back at my childhood, Pat, you would never imagine in a million years that I would be doing what I'm doing right now. I stopped speaking at the age of four years old. My father died at that point, and mm. my mother really became a recluse. And so I really didn't talk to anybody but my mother for about a year. Mm. It, unbelievable. Wow. And it, it was just amazing because throughout my years, I was always a very good listener, as the teachers would say. However, I never 
spoke up in class. As a matter of fact, when I was called on in class all the way through my elementary school, I would cry. Mm. So this is an actual miracle that I am doing what I've feared most in my entire life, and that is to speak professionally. But that's part of the passion. Isn't that amazing? It and I shared amazing. with you earlier that, you know, uh, you, you talk about, I think it's James Earl Jones in your book, right. about his issue of studying, uh, stuttering. Yes. And for me, that's been a personal uh, uh, challenge and accomplishment. And I know you work with people in that area. What would you say to people that uh, are experience, experiencing uh, issues around speaking right now? In the, in the manner of stuttering, I remember studying that uh, back in school at University of Michigan, and it was a very, very interesting phenomenon to me because every speech pathologist has his or her, her own, uh, which is like theory about, about stuttering, but basically sometimes we label our normal non-fluencies as stuttering when it actually isn't. Oh. Oh. All That's interesting. Yes, all of us have normal non-fluencies, as you could tell by my previous sentences. Yes. <laughs> but you know, Pat, that's what makes us authentic. That's what makes us real. I believe that when we try to really put ourselves up to a standard of perfection, that's when we fail. People accept us better when we have our faults and we have our normal non-fluencies. Mm -hmm. It only becomes a problem when it becomes pathological, when it really stops you from doing what you need to do, and then it's time to seek speech therapy for the problem. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, that, that leads me to a, a question. One of the things that I was, I'm really struck with um, around the title of your book, and it includes your company name as well, yes. Speaking with Authority. Right. I want to ask you, now, it's almost a question that I, that I, that I, uh, I, I sort of hesitate to ask in that I, I may already know the answer, but do you really think it's possible for anyone, anyone, to create a voice that speaks with authority. With, uh, with the absence of any pathology, and mm -hmm. remember I'm a speech and language pathologist, yes. so I would say that anybody with a voice, and I would know the difference whether it was pathological or not, anybody with a weak or a tired voice, for instance, yes, can change the sound of the voice. And let's talk just a second about what speaking with authority really means. I yeah. think, Pat, that, that most of our listeners will think that speaking with authority means speaking aggressively. But what I really mean by that is the ability to consistently use not only your body language and the choice of words, but your voice and language to communicate with strength and power and clarity. Mm -hmm. You see, when you speak with authority, you project an image of believability and conviction and integrity, and you really send the message, I'm someone you can trust, somebody who you can do business with. And we do business with people we trust, that that is a proven fact. So it's not an aggressive voice, it's a confident voice. That is, you know, I'm glad you pointed that out because uh, that we've talked on this show a number of different times about authority, about empowerment, right. about stepping into our power. 
right. as human beings. And that was very, very helpful uh, for me to hear that difference. And, I, and I'm not sure what that's about. You know, that's certainly another cross-busting show I'll do. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> on, on, you know, why, why, why we so, you know, reject the notion of being people of authority. And I wonder how that fits into the scheme of things regarding our voice. Have oh, you, Pat, what a fabulous, what a fabulous thought and a fabulous question because nobody has asked me that before. Here's the deal. Right. Our voice comes from somewhere. Now, our voice is such an intimately, deeply rooted part of who we are. So when I coach people, I have to find out who they are, where they came from, what their family was like, because those are the keys mm. to unlocking some of the doors that have been closed to them. Mm, I'll, give, I'll give you a quick example of this. Please I, do. I, I worked with a, a young lady who had the saddest voice I've ever heard. If you heard her voicemail, you would want to cry. Mm. When I did an exercise with her, which was called an emotion exercise, and asked her to say a word utilizing the same word, utilizing several emotions such as sadness, boredom, anger, she did very well until I got to happiness. And she looked at me with tears running down her eyes, and she said, I don't know happy. Mm. And I what I found out in her background... What held her back was that she was physically and verbally abused as a child. Oh, my goodness. And so, as a result, she had a, an extremely sad voice. Our voices come from our background. Our voices come from how we feel about ourselves. I did a whole television show on self-esteem and how that's connected to the voice and, and the psychology of our very beings. Mm-hmm. So people don't think about that. That's no. why I start in therapy. Well, you know, I hadn't really thought about it till I prepared for this show. Right. And it, regarding myself, of course, uh, and uh, several people that have received uh, information that this show was uh, was going to be aired and that you were going to be on it. And, um, you know, I've received several emails, which we'll talk about in the next Great. segment. Uh, I just, I'm so struck by how I've now looked introspectively, how I've looked at myself uh, to see what my issues are. And I'll tell you my issue. I'm going to tell you on the air, and we can talk about it in the oh, next segment. Great. Around singing. Yes. Yes. And it's, well, This. let me give you a crusty thought, and <laughs> that might be, you know, singing is for some people. Not all of us are really Christina Aguilera's of the world. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know. But does that mean, in fact, we don't have a singing voice of some sort? It's an interesting question. One of the things, that, again, going back to my, my speech pathology training, is that you hear about having an ear for music or not being on the right pitch. We can hear certain notes, but there's a different there's a whole different idea of ha being able to perceive the difference between sounds. That's called auditory discrimination. Okay. If we cannot discriminate 
the sound. If we can't hear a pitch and be able to duplicate it because we can't perceive it, and that's a function of the brain, then it's difficult for us to reproduce that. And so everybody can sing, everybody can use their voice, but not everybody can be on pitch. Okay. So and that, that has to do with the auditory perception aspect. But we can certainly get out there and sing, you know, the best we can to our most favorite tune, can't we? Absolutely. <laughs> and I would, I would say to anybody whose voice, whose choir teacher said, stop singing, you shouldn't sing, I would say that I would go ahead and I'd take voice lessons and I would do the very best I can because, you know, one of the things that we can do, Pat, is we can train those auditory discrimination skills to become better. Oh, at it. I take an interesting note because you know you're talking about me, and uh, I'm going to really talk to you about that in one of the <laughs> one of the next segments because you know uh, you're talking about the choir coach. I know there are some people that uh, would have loved to be in the choir, but definitely didn't make the cut. So that, Linda, that goes um, to the impact of teachers, doesn't it? Oh my goodness! Oh my it? golly! And what they say and their impact on on the crust that oh. we form. Oh, there's so good at, you know, helping us out with our crusty conditioning, aren't they? Aren't they, really? <laughs> On that note, Linda, let's take a short break and give our listeners a chance to call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Again, 1-888-335-5204 to speak with Linda Shields and to receive a copy of her award-winning book. Uh, if you cannot call in, please take this email address because you can email me right now. And it is Pat, P-A-T, at CrustBusting.com. Stay tuned to hear more about how you can create a voice that means business. Be right back. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life, and I am Dr. Pat Basile. And what we do here is bust through the years of crusty conditioning. You know, that conditioning that holds us back from living life full out. We are here on Voice America on Thursdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and again Thursday evening. That's if you cannot get enough of us in the morning, 8 p.m. We are honored to have with us today award-winning author, voice coach, motivational speaker, Linda Shields. Linda's award-winning book, The Voice That Means Business, How to Speak with Authority, Confidence, and Credibility, Anytime, Anywhere. And you know, folks, that Anytime, Anywhere is a crust-busting power tool. And she is sharing tips on how to develop the voice that means business, makes business, and keeps business. And we are here with Linda. Linda, welcome back. Thank you. I'm having a great time with you, Pat. Oh, I, I am so thrilled you're here. I, I just, I, I'm hoping we're going to get everything in, in, in the time because I love what we're talking about. I do too. It's such a passion, and people just don't understand the value of voice until they lose it or something goes wrong. Well, and that's that's very interesting because uh, you know I, I don't know that I have consciously thought. Uh, about the, the notion that my voice represents something deeper oh, than absolutely. just something that's coming out of my vocal cords. Absolutely. Most people don't. That's why I love to coach people. We, it's a total discovery process. 
Well, talking about discoveries, yes. um, I received an email uh, because we, we, we uh, invite folks to uh, email or call in. I received an email from Brian. Yes. And Brian is, uh, you know, a singer uh, right. in a band, and he has several questions around that. And isn't it funny how it ties into what we sort of left left off talking about in the last segment? Exactly. We're talking about singing. I know. Now, here are a couple of great questions. Right. Um, how can a singer get to a point where he or she can sing every night using their full range? Is that possible? Oh, that is a fabulous question. And I would encourage Brian to call me directly because I would love to talk with him a little bit about this. In addition to being a speaker, um, I'm also a singer. And I sing in a praise band, and we've been doing a lot lately. Also, mm. I travel a great deal. Wow. So what we're going to talk about right now is the most important thing that I can tell your listeners and Brian, and that is to develop quality vocal hygiene. And what I mean is that good vocal hygiene, taking care of your voice, is the difference between neglecting your voice and correcting your voice. Oh, could you say more about that? that oh, absolutely. so powerful. What impacts your voice are things that you have no realization about. Things like alcohol, which dries out the vocal cords, tobacco, drinking caffeine, which is also a diuretic and will dry out the tissues, eating sugar, having dairy products, certain drugs and medications, not drinking enough water. All of those things are actually vocal abuse. We don't overuse our voices in most cases. We abuse them. In Brian's case, vocal hygiene is one of the most important things that he can do. And the reason being is one of our one of our vocal abuses is to speak over noise or to sing over noise. Oh, I see. You see? Yeah, I, as, now I'm hearing you. Right. As a singer or even as a speaker or in a convention area or in, for instance, if Brian is playing in a in an atmosphere where there's cigarette smoke. Yes, toxic, that was another question he had. Right. In toxic environments, that is going to have a direct impact on the voice. Now, you can't necessarily do anything while you're in the toxic environment, but the most important thing that people like Brian, anybody who uses their voice for a living, is to drink plenty of water. Okay. To avoid dehydration. Wow. With caffeine, to avoid the sugar and the dairy products, which create mucus on the cords. I had no idea about that. I know that I have a friend that is going to be thrilled to hear this uh, coaching. Absolutely. And what we do is also, let's talk about sugar for a minute. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> right. We love sugar. Here we are. We're, we're chronically throat clearing, which is vocal abuse because we've got mucus in our throats because we've had dairy products or sugar. And so we suck on lozenges, throat lozenges, that are filled with sugar. Yeah. Here's the deal. Yeah, we do that. We do that. Here's the deal. Go to a throat lozenge that is glycerin-based. Oh. 
also, instead of drinking caffeine, and in, in toxic environments as well, depends on where Brian's playing, you know, cigarette smoke, alcohol, and so forth, avoid it at all costs. So what you're sipping on water, maybe chewing on a little lemon or lime peel to eliminate the mucus out of your throat instead of throat clearing, that helps. It doesn't dry out the tissues. Making sure you're drinking that water, staying away from dehydrating medications. And this sounds so simple, Pat, mm -hmm. but people don't do it. Have periods of vocal rest. Brian asked a question about that, um, right. Linda. What, what he also asked was, you know, the fact that he sings on weekends, you know, four to four and a half hours each night. And, right. he, and he's asking, how can I best recuperate between gigs? Should I not talk? Should I do exercises? And you've answered the drink a 50-gallon drum of water question. <laughs> you bet. That, that, that's the most important thing. But I would definitely recommend for those of us who really have to use our voices just amazingly amount of time, yes, have periods of vocal rest. And I'll give you an example. I could not do this show today with how I've been pushing on airplanes, which is most dehydrating environment, more arid than a desert. Wow. I'm in contact with people, close contact all of the time. If I weren't practicing this, I could not talk to you today without throat clearing, without hoarseness in my voice. And what I do is during this time, I will put my phone on the answering service and I simply won't talk for hours. Oh, I see. I'll drink throat coat tea, which is you can find in a health food store, anything without caffeine in it. Drink plenty of water. Maybe have lozenges without sugar that are glycerin-based. And sometimes you can order throat sprays and so forth that are made for singers directly. And if, if Brian would like to contact me, I would give him the name of some companies that have throat sprays and throat coats. Well, let's, why don't we give Brian a coaching session? Great. And I will, uh, and why don't we tell everyone how, you know, that is listening, how they might contact you, Linda? Absolutely. Let's do that. I do have a toll-free number, Pat. Okay. It is 1-800-306-4008. Again, 1-800-306-4008. And you know, for Brian's emailing, why don't I give him a complimentary 30-minute telecoaching session? That would be wonderful. Because he took the time to do that. And he has a he has a very, very good concern. I'd love to talk with him. Let's do that. And uh, I will uh, I will send you uh, Brian's information. He would love to speak with you. Oh, There's great. one more question that Brian raised, which sure. I, I, would, I think, you know, let's see if we can get to it before the break. But great. it's one that you really came up for me. Uh, it's, it's so many singers get to a certain age and they can't do it anymore. Is that sort of inevitable? Is it, is it the idea that, you know, the older you get, the less you'll be able to sing or something? No, what a wonderful question. The voice does not have to get old. 
Okay. My mother just passed away this past year, and mm. if you heard her on the telephone, she sounds exactly, she sounded exactly like me because she took care of her voice, because she exercised her voice, because she ate right and drank the right things. All of those things contribute to a perpetually young voice. You can't separate your voice from the rest of your body, Pat. What you put into your body and what you do for your body will be reflected in your voice. So the voice doesn't have to get old. It just so, needs to be exercised like the rest of it, our bodies. Well, that is certainly a crust. That's, that's a crust-busting bit of information because what we had right. there was a little crusty belief, didn't we? Because I know I carried that one. I mean, that, we, we think we should, you know, I'll sound like this when we're old. Well, we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, on that note, let, let's take a short break right. and give our listeners a chance to call in. Call free one eight 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 three three five five two zero four. Come on, call in, join us, get some very, very important tips on how to have that power voice, how to name it, how to claim it, and how to be it. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. We are back, and you're listening to Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life, and I am Dr. Papasilli. What we do here is bust through the crust, years of the crusty conditioning, those things that hold us back, that get us stuck, we're here to get you unstuck, and we're here to get unstuck uh, today with Linda Shields. And uh, we're, what we're talking about is naming and claiming our power voice. Linda, welcome back. Thank you. I'm I have a question for time. you. Go for it. You know, as an expert in the field, right? what was the hardest voice issue you have ever had to deal with? Oh, my goodness. This, this goes into the speech pathology realm. Okay. And this lady had what what are called vocal nodules. Okay. Which are little bumps on the cord because we were talking about vocal abuse. Yes. They're they're like calluses on the vocal cord which sits on top of the voice box of the larynx. I think Annie Lennox had those. That's exactly right. Now, here's the deal. People can have those removed by an otolaryngologist. However, if they do not have voice therapy in conjunction, it will happen again and again and again due to the slamming together of the vocal cords. Oh, my goodness. Well, this lady was sent to me by my otolaryngologist friend, ear, nose, and throat physician, and he said, I don't know, Linda, if uh, this lady is a hopeless case or not, but we're going to try. He said, I removed her vocal nodule. She's been on vocal rest for six weeks, and I, you know, go ahead and see her. Well, I knew the moment she came in that she was not on vocal rest for six weeks. This lady could not stop talking. Oh, my goodness. She was, there was no way to even do therapy with her because she had no ability to listen. And I said to her, if we are going to work together, we are going to have to have timeouts. <laughs> timeouts. Timeouts. She could not stop speaking. I actually had to go backwards and work on listening skills with her before I could even venture into working on her voice. That's so interesting, the relationship between voice, outward, 
of yes. expression and listening. I hadn't even put that together. She was a nonstop talker, and it, it was almost it was almost a pathological thing with her that she could not stop talking. I did the best I could with her. We worked together for about four months, but I really felt. I felt very frustrated, and I felt that she would go back and probably go back to the vocal abuse. She ran a flower shop, and she talked to customers all day long. <laughs> yeah, I mean all day long, yeah. and into the night she'd go on. She'd go afterwards and go on the phone, and she'd speak to her relatives the night. So sometimes not much you can do. No downtime. So we need to have some downtime, just like we have downtime downtime for our bodies. That's exactly a little downtime for our vocal cords is, <laughs> goes a long way. That's what I'm hearing you say. It's so true. And also, if you do come to me for coaching, the motivation has to be very, very high. Uh-huh. Because what I'm asking you to do is to change your behaviors. That's right. I'm in the same place with crust busting. And we have an expression, and that is, you got to want it. You've got to want it. You've got to want it. Linda, we have a caller. Great. Uh, we have a and we have another Linda calling in with us right now. Great. Welcome, Linda. Good morning. Good morning. Where are Hi, you Linda. calling from, Linda? New Jersey. Well, welcome. <laughs> welcome, Linda, from New Jersey. Uh, how can we help you today? Well, I've been listening to, to Linda and... Um, it's raining here, and I got very depressed listening to what you were saying. And then I said, well, maybe there's hope for me. I am a smoker. Right. Um, when I was younger, I tried to join the choir in school. They wouldn't let me join because my voice was terrible. And I still won't sing because people have made fun of my singing. And I've been made fun of because my voice is very deep. But when I get excited or I get nervous, my voice gets loud and very high. But normally it's like it is now. Right. So is there hope for me? And how long, I mean, I do smoke. So if I quit smoking, which I'm working up to doing that, how long would it take for my voice to be improved or would it improve? There are several issues that are are going on here, Linda. And let's, let's address the smoking first. One of the things that smoking smoking absolutely has one of the greatest impacts on the physiology of the voice and the anatomy of the voice. And this is drying out your tissues, as you know. But what also happens is that with the chronic smoking, you are going to become deeper in your pitch, as I'm hearing. And... Physiologically, any therapy that I did with you as a smoker would not be beneficial. Number one, in order to work with me, I ask that you quit smoking because I I really can't do a whole lot with the voice. That's not a hopeless statement, Linda. What I'm saying is I'm encouraging you to do that because when you do that, that's when I can get a hold of your voice. That's when we can find out the range of your voice. That's when we can get it back to health. Again, as I was just saying, it's a whole behavior change. 
you know, we're changing not only your voice, we're changing your behaviors. I have a minor in psychology, and so I understand how everything is connected. First of all, let's get the voice healthy. Let's get the body healthy. And then what we can do with the voice is a number of exercises. First of all, to find your, what I call natural or authentic voice. The voice that is the voice that's going to stop smoking. Let's do something together, Linda, if you're willing. Ready? Okay. All right. What I'd like you to do is I'd like you, as if you were agreeing with me, I'm, I'm trying to find some authentic voice here, is I'd like you to say, mm-hmm, with a rise in pitch or a rise in inflection. Let's try that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. Say it again, please. Mm-hmm. Very good. Now, you hear what happens. Your pitch is not that low voice that you were talking about. When you go into the mm-hmm, at the end of that, the mm portion, and your voice, your pitch is in its normal range. That's what's called your optimum pitch. It lies about four to eight pitches above your lowest comfortably produced pitch. It's the easiest to produce. It's perceived as the loudest. But the most important thing about it is that's where your real or authentic voice lies. Now, as I'm hearing that pitch, Linda, I'm hearing a really nice voice quality. That's where I would start with you. And no, it's not hopeless. It's a series of getting the voice well and a series of exercises to exercise your your voice back to naturalness or authenticity. It's a process, and it's a commitment, and it takes tremendous amount of practice and motivation. But with those things and with the right technique, 